Steve. Happy, happy Wednesday. Happy almost last day of September. This September went fast. I know we yeah. said that probably every September, but this one, this one went. went. Ooh, happy one day closer to another football game. One day closer to football. Uh, this is our handy dandy little podcast that we do roughly every week. It's called the Stuff Simmer Says Podcast with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we've got a myriad of things to talk about. Uh, we've got a look back at Penn State's win over Central Michigan. Uh, a look ahead to this weekend's game. Um, you being fired up about Al Michaels' sports betting references and much more. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Look how excited he is. Again, Steve's, Steve's very relaxed today. I think he's sitting on the floor, it appears. Oh, you're on mute, Steve. He's on mute. Yes, it's the carpeted floor. Our house is uh, hardwood. Otherwise, this is a lap of luxury on the carpeted floor uh, in the spare basement. That. Our spare bedroom waiting, waiting to get away from the dog noise and whatever else. Uh, aren't they the best? Aren't they the best? He is wonderful. A great ball of energy. He is cute. He is very cute. Yes. Um. All right. Let's get into it. Um. There was a football game this weekend when Penn State beat Central Michigan. I forget the score off the top of my head. Probably should have that in front of me. Um, it was unnecessarily close, I felt, at some points. But I think, by and large, Penn State did what they were supposed to. Took care of the things that they needed to do. Got out of there largely healthy. Maybe not necessarily wealthy, but alive. Um, and I I think where my biggest takeaway was with kind of the reaction that has been surrounding the game is people need to settle the hell down about their Sean Clifford anger. (laughs) Um, There's been a weird, irrational anger towards Sean Clifford this week. And and we'll probably get into it as we look ahead to, to next week's or this weekend's game. But I don't think he did anything wrong on Saturday. I don't think he played his best game. I think he'd be one of the first people to tell you that. I also don't necessarily think like he was terrible. Like I think it was a very average game. It was it was coming off, you know, more so of the emotional high of beating Auburn and and you know coming back down to earth playing the Central Michigan team, which was a very good team, by the way. Like I think that team is going to win the MAC. And quite frankly, like people were acting like he threw 10 interceptions and, and all of them went the other way for six. Um, that was the biggest surprise to me. I, I don't know about you, if you picked up on that uh, as well this week. I don't know that I dove in, dive as deeply into social stuff and, and the reaction as you do, but I think I could sense it. I mean, and I knew saw some of it and I think it is, it exemplifies the challenge that coaches have and that this coaching staff will have. And it, and it was one of my favorite things. And I know I, um, you know, the Bill O'Brien guy probably forever was one of my favorite things to, to avoid the noise, avoid the noise, right? Like you did what you were supposed to do. It wasn't pretty, but when we talked last week and, you know, of course we're the biggest experts in the world, don't get anybody hurt and win the game is what it boils down to. And that's all that matters. And they did. And, and, and every season is going to have a game or two, like this where it's just not a picture of it's just not a beautiful thing but it wasn't it wasn't ever nip and tuck i mean it wasn't ever really in big doubt yeah it just took them some while to get their stuff together and figure it out 
And there's going to be a couple more of those this season. And that doesn't mean that a struggle means you change personnel or change who you are or do something different because that's when things go bad. Um, not that the option at quarterback is worse, but Sean Clifford's a quarterback for this team. And unless he gets hurt, he probably should be the quarterback for this team. And if he's not, I don't know that there's significantly a significantly better team this specific year, maybe next year, you know, mm-hmm. if, if with, with a lot has the, the experience, but no, I think fans have, are, are both here and everywhere are entitled are reactionary and are probably betting on the game in some instances. And they won the game. They did what they were supposed to do. It's a, it's a W they moved up and they moved up in the polls. Yeah. Take yeah. it and smile and come back this Saturday. That was kind of my take on it too. It was, people were just kind of being impatient. There was never really a point where the game felt out of hand or that it was really going the wrong direction to me. It was uncomfortable for maybe like five minutes, but outside of that, it was never really like, at the end of the day, Penn State should have better athletes and they had the better athletes. And that's what came through. I think ultimately is, is why Penn State won that. And there's no surprise about who Sean Clifford is. He's going to have these games. You just hope he has them in games like this as opposed to the games that are bigger, right? Because he's going to do some average stuff sometimes. What I think as a fan you're hoping he doesn't do is the stupid stuff where he tries to make plays that he just isn't physically gifted enough to do. But I don't know if that was the case last week. And, you know, that's what coaches are for. This is what we did last week. Let's just try not to do this stuff going forward. Right. And I don't think he did. I think he did everything. And I've said he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. When he when he is a smart quarterback, he is one of the better quarterbacks at the college level in the country. Maybe not NFL level, like talent good. But in terms of the grand spectrum of college football quarterbacks, he's up there in the top 20, I would say, um, give or take. And so I think that was a big takeaway to me. That was annoying to me. Um, that was frustrating. Um some of that is continued into this week, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, I I think the defense is still very good and very impressive, and I think the secondary is is scary good. But I, I think we also need to have a, a conversation, Steve, about the greatest Penn State player currently on the roster, and that's Barney Amore. I, I legitimately think he might be Penn State's biggest weapon right now. Um, and the season's been all about him, yeah. realistically, from start to finish. Because we don't have Chad Powers without Barney, right? If, if he doesn't come to hand out the scholarship, if Eli doesn't come to hand out the scholarship, Chad Powers doesn't show up. So this, this guy is, is the most important part of the football team, public-facing part of the football team in the past month, for sure. Legitimately, well, I hadn't even thought about that. But legitimately, some of the best punts we've seen, and that includes two in the last however many years, and that includes – two punters that are currently playing and starting in the NFL, which is not an easy thing to do. Like, I, I, I don't think people talk about that enough that Penn state currently has two of the special teams players in the NFL. That's there's really only 62 of those jobs or 64 of those jobs. Right. right. Well, and, and now in fair and in, in deference and acknowledgement of Barney, like it's not like they pulled him out of a parking lot at giant Eagle and Altoona. Like, I mean, there's a great story there and there's a great backstory, but he was playing, he did come to America to play football to begin with. In the first, you know, so he was, he's talented. It's not like he's, he's a huge surprise in terms of the talent, but uh, it's, it's been a, a gift of a story and a, and a wonderful story 
for Penn State football and and very strong performances. Yeah, I think that's that's the second big takeaway that I had this weekend. Um, and the third big takeaway is something we haven't talked about yet and a player that we probably have been, should have been talking about more, and that's Keytron Allen showing up and, and kind of being the one-two punch to for Nick Singleton. If Nick Singleton is the big play guy, Keytron Allen is the give him the ball a bunch and let him run it down the field 100,000 times and pick up some very decent yards. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good thing. I, I think that's there's there's a small part of me that was a very small part, but the conspiracy theory in me, right? And and, and the keep your players happy kind of thing of like, hmm, Keychan's getting a lot of gotten getting a lot of carries today. Where's Nick? What's going on? Right? Like, are we keeping everybody happy? Right? Like, it feels like that's always going to be in the kind of not the back of your mind. It's got to be in the almost the forefront of your mind anymore as a coach and a fan. Is like how we're keeping people happy with reps. I don't, I don't think that was necessarily the case, but I think it's an okay situation that they've both been able to lug the ball a little bit and and potentially keep both themselves and their respective families happy with how things are going. I think the biggest thing to me is like this is another learning milestone for Sean or Sean Clifford for James Franklin because he is now saying, hey, I'm not just going to keep forcing the ball to Nick Singleton because he had a, a good game. Like this guy's hot right now. Let's keep going with him. In the past, even with Saquon, there were games on Saquon's not so good games, which he had a couple of them. Um, very rarely did he have them, but he would kind of just keep handing the ball to Saquon, handing the ball to Saquon, hoping something would happen. It was okay, it was serviceable, but I think at the end of kind of Saquon's career, you could kind of tell he had slowed down a little bit and kind of lost some of his mojo because of those types of games. Whereas it is going to be very beneficial that these two are going to basically grow up together, so to speak, and and be each other's kind of right-hand man um, when they need it. Yeah, and I hope it plays out that way. I mean, I, I think for the, is it, for in terms of hoping for team success in the field, you kind of hope that plays out that well, that the depth, the performance exists. And, you know, who knows what, what may factor into it this season yet or other seasons, but it, it looked, it was a good thing this past week, for sure. All right. Um... Anything else you want to add about Saturday, the previous Saturday's contest? They went one and zero, right? That was the goal, right? I mean, the coach says one and zero. They got it on the stadium now and everything. So, did, guess uh, what they're supposed to do? Do you order your Chad Power shirt? I did not. I, I did. Like, Which one? I, the just the the one that with this face and just says "Think Fast, Run Fast." Is this the one? Do you have any? Is this the one where you, there's some indication that walk-ons are going to get money out? Yeah, of Yeah, that was the one. I I. I, I you, see, there's a part of me that thinks I'd just be better off finding a walk on and hand them fifteen dollars in the street. I'm not sure that money's ever getting to them. Welcome to Conspiracy Theory Podcast. With oh, yeah, this is the second one of the night. Sorry, yeah, yeah. What are we? Oh my 10 god! Ten minutes in. Wait till you think the thing flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> no, All good right. on you. I, I think yeah, that's a. No, I think that's a. Excited. We did. We did. We gave him some love. We gave Chad Power some love today from our today. Today's Wednesday. Yesterday from our college. We reached out and said, hey, sorry, football didn't make it, but you know, you could always try out for Com Radio or CCR and tagged them and stuff like that. So we gave that some love and threw that out there. So we'll see. Great options. Don't yep. forget about the collegian. Exactly. We don't well, but they're not ours in the house. So I didn't want to uh, took care of the kids at the table that's first. True. The independent yeah. student newspaper. Yeah. They're independent, right? Exactly. Yeah, I get it. All right. Uh moving on. Speaking of Drew Alar and Sean Clifford and 
Chad Powers. Um, for a lack of a better term, the message boards have been a shit show this weekend or week. And I, I don't think you I don't think you read the message boards very much, do you, Steve? No, every once in a while, but not a lot, no. Uh, I, I try to check in just to see what's going on in that world every once in a while. And basically, here's what happened if you haven't been reading the message boards. Deny Dennis Sutton posted a reposted an Instagram photo of Drew Aller and tagged him in it and said QB1. Somebody posted that on the message board. And now there's about a 600 long message board thread of people arguing whether or not Sean Clifford is going to play this, this weekend and start this weekend and over Drew Alar. Steve is, is, I've never seen a head roll. Wow. He looked like a newborn rolling his head. That's how hard <laughs> no he was muscle. rolling his Yeah, how hard <laughs> he was rolling his head. There is a conspiracy theory going back to our conspiracy theories that Sean Clifford might be banged up and that it, you know Drew Alars probably could start and Penn State would be fine and I think we're forgetting who the Penn State football head coach is and who who cares dramatically about image and press relations and not causing media stirs and won't let parents talk to the media and won't let basically will barely let recruits talk to the media there is no way in hell that Sean Clifford doesn't start this game Saturday. Even if he plays one series and they do the old Ben Roethlisberger preseason game, I think Sean Clifford's going to start on Saturday. Why would you open up Pandora's box, especially if Drew Allar has a good game, which he's, he, he should against a defense, a serviceable defense in Northwestern, but still Northwestern. Um, I, I, I don't like, why are people being annoying about this, Steve? Because they're impatient, because they haven't seen Drew Alar make a mistake yet. Um, because because nobody's seen the kid play, right? Everybody's heard these wonderful things. He's he's the best thing that they've ever had because they haven't seen him make a mistake yet. And for all the the doubts about Coach Franklin as an X's and O's and football coach, really, right? Because everybody says, oh, he's the CEO coach. And I, I know it ticks him off. It'll, it'll, it'll erupt once a year. But when people question his his chops as a coach, right? And he's been dropping in more of that message. Well, we've been doing this 20-some years, doing whatever, trying to do that. <laughs> I think the dumbest thing a coach could do would be to nurse something like this, right? Give the kid reps, get him prepared to do whatever else. But if you were to, in any way, as a coach or coaching staff, to encourage a controversy or any doubt, it would yeah. seep in, it, it would eventually seep into your team because the kids would wonder. You know, why Why are we doing this? This is a little different if it's more than what they expected. So, no, Sean Clifford's the quarterback. Like, do I think you're right that he's one of the top 20-some if he gets his stuff together and plays right? Yeah, probably so. Do I, am I full of confidence every time he steps behind center or under center or whatever the situation calls for? No, like, because he could still do something stupid. But do I want to see a freshman before him after at this point? You know, probably not. In, in terms of the fan in me so yeah i hope there's no big change and if he's banged up then and alar has to play more than he's banged up and the other guy comes back and gets his gig this is not something you you know wally pip in the middle of, of a college season I, I just don't i just don't think it, it turns out well if that no. were to be the case i just don't think that's the case though either i think fans need to know who their quarterback is be happy to buy some jewel art shirts so he can, can make some nil money and feel feel at home and comfortable 
and then next season you're all in well and i yeah i i don't i don't know like at first when i was told this and read this and got deeper into the message board conspiracy theory i was like i get it like it makes sense like if sean clifford's banged up then sure maybe whatever but then i thought about it more and Again, going back to my point, who who cares the most about the image of his team more than any other coach? Maybe other than Nick Saban, James Franklin. And I, so I think, no, I, I don't think, I think Drew Allard is going to play. I think there's nothing absolutely wrong with starting Sean Clifford to symbolically have him as the starting quarterback. Let him get one series in, maybe even two series in, and then handing over the reins. I actually thought they should have done that last weekend against Central Michigan with the way that the offense was moving down the field and then kind of the mojo, the wheels fell off a little bit. I don't know. I, I thought that was weird. Um, I think so he's got to be, I think the starting quarterback has to be successful before you pull him though. Like, I think he has to lead a drive, a touchdown drive and a field goal drive before you're pulling him for the other guy, unless he's hurt, because then people are going to think, and even your own folks. Well, he wasn't productive. Yeah, that was routine. And now he scored on two drives with this other guy. And then it festers and permeates a little bit too. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, we'll see. I, I think it's Clifford. Yeah, I, I think it's Clifford. Regardless, till I, but until I see it with my eyes. Um, okay. Um, another stay healthy win get out of there alive game for you as well because that's where i'm about yeah because I, I i yeah i didn't think northwestern was going to be this bad um not that they're bad but they just haven't they're, they're not a team that's winning games this year the way they should against the teams they should so they should not come into this they shouldn't come into beaver stadium because they will be out talented um not that weird things can't happen in the big Ten, but weird things shouldn't happen at home for Penn State in a situation like this. If that happens, then they've got bigger issues than the quarterback situation. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that barely beat Nebraska, which is not saying much. Lost to a Duke team that is is unbeaten, but then lost to Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio uh, on back-to-back weekends. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of problems if Penn State can't win uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Pat Fitzgerald taking his team over to Ireland the first game of the year and and barely beating Nebraska or even beating them just proves that he's probably more organized and better at handling something like that big in general with distractions than Scott Frost is or was. Um, so that's not a huge surprise. What's happened since has been a surprise, but I think we've seen more of who they are since then. So, yeah, stay healthy, win, get a conference W, and and then enjoy some time off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we have to discuss very quickly is the beer. Uh, it's officially approved. It's going to happen. There's a whole bunch of roles. Make sure you bring your ID if you want to do it. Um, if you are a student, you got to come to the other end of the stadium pretty much, which is going to probably make more pedestrian foot traffic down at the other end of the stadium, which is a great idea. Somebody really thought that one through. Um, we don't 
100% know what beer it is. Um, some people have said Coors Light, Miller Light, Blue Moon. I have heard Yingling is definitely going to be there. I have heard Yingling might be there. Um, I think you have to have Yingling if it's the, and I think maybe we've already had this conversation, but you have to have that beer in the stadium if it's a. PA. I think this first time you do, like I, I would love to see at some point, you know, some other Pennsylvanians in the mix, but I think it's your first one. So are you, the prices I saw were less than I guess I would pay at a concert, whether the concert venues around you in the summer, are you paying 12 bucks for a 16 ounce beer? At a sports stadium. Yeah, that's about not terrible. Like, okay, so you're, it's you're, not... you're buying some beer Saturday. Mm, no, I get too anxious. Uh, we'll see. It depends on how the game goes. Like I've only ever, I have only ever bought a beer twice during a Penn, during a an away Penn State football game. One was at Maryland. Maybe they were both at Maryland. I think they were both at Maryland because um, that was one of the first Big Ten stadiums to have beer um, and the game not be that stressful that I was comfortable going out and, and purchasing a beer. Um, not the beer like makes me more stressed, but it's just, I was going to say, it doesn't help you handle the stress. Like, no, I just, I, it's just like, I, I don't want to drink beer. Like, you know, I don't want to drink beer and then have to be stressed. And then. I'm, okay. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the team on the field. I guess I would be, no, that's not true. I have less hope for the beer situation going smoothly than I do for the game going smooth just because yeah. it shouldn't it shouldn't be hard but they've had to get a bunch more employees to figure it out it's new it's different they're going to be super anal about it to begin with I I, I think the first week or so will be rocky and the, and it's weird it's, it's a week and then they're going to have off and then you know and then they're well, they got two weeks off right because it's it's a way it's game really then. three weeks until they come back to Beaver Stadium right so and then they're coming back to Beaver Stadium for the whiteout. Yeah. Which is, and then right after that's the Ohio state game, which is, I mean, there's going to be probably 108,000 at the Minnesota game and probably another 108, maybe 110 for that Ohio state game. It's going to be a shit show. Yeah. I, I'm really, really don't have a lot of hope. I, I think it would be, it would be unpenned state. Nothing, nothing against the fine people who do these jobs at both at the administrative level and put it into, into place. But my experience with that stadium and activities in that stadium is that, yeah, it's probably going to not, it's probably going to be a shit show the first week. And then the next couple of times it comes back with big crowds, they're going to have to work really hard to make it better. And that's going to be hard too. Yeah. But they'll happily pocket the money. But I, I think as a, as a, as a customer, I would be shocked if the experience was good, better than even average through the first few games. Here's what I want. I think we maybe talked about this a while back, but here's what I want is more of these grab and go locations around Beaver Stadium where I walk through something, I pay, I grab it, I go. Like I did that at the Phillies game. I went to a Pirates Phillies game this summer and they, most of their things are just grab and goes. Like it's already setting out there for you. You just have to like present your ID and go, you know, obviously like, it doesn't necessarily we did it at a Pirates Yankees game this summer, and it was okay because it was by the ounce, and it depended on what you bought an ounce of, right? Like so it was it's still a canned beverage, and it, it wasn't as smooth as I liked because it was sat there waiting to be scanned and shit all, and it got a position at just right, 
it was like the employee was overthinking the system for it, which was a shame. Yeah. So that's what I want out of Beaver Stadium. Um, I did, did get some ice cream at the Ohio game, and it was a, that was one of the quicker experiences I've had in the stadium, getting ice cream on a warmer day. Creamy ice cream, ice cream from a vendor. What cream, kind of ice yeah, cream? no, creamy ice cream. Okay, like, yeah, I don't get anything. Else. They had weird flavors though. They didn't have like they had death by chocolate and like chocolate chip cookie dough, and those were the two main flavors. And then everything else was like weird stuff that they're just clearly trying to get rid of from the. the <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. So good point. Anyway. All right. Anything else you want to add about this Saturday's contest? No, we should probably stop beating up on the fine people who do those jobs. But again, I'd be surprised. I'm sure it's going to run smoothly. I'm sure that's yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm not going to roll my head over that one at all. No, I roll there at all. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Can I text you all about it? Um, Steve, this is a culmination of, of things. Um, but I, I think I've been sitting on this idea. You had texted a couple of things related to this sort of idea. Um, this is kind of the first major season we've had in quite a while that we've had a lot of changes in the broadcasting booth in the NFL. Um, I pretty much have did nothing on Sunday, but watched NFL football um, pretty much watched uh, the weekend before that got to watch most of the games or to, yeah, the weekend before that got to watch most of the games I have watched now officially watched one Thursday night game. That of course was the Steelers game, which did not go great. Um, and I, I think, there's a couple questions that I ha- want to have for you, but I want to let you talk about your Thursday night gripe, uh, which you've, you've had maybe for a couple of years and it's progressively gotten worse as, as Al Michaels has made it worse. Would you like to go ahead and rant? Who well, was it? Was it, was it Thursday night? It was, yeah, it had to be Thursday night. So don't Thursday night. So there's the Steelers and Browns right last Thursday and the Browns score on that weird, crazy end of the play that, that makes the, you know, makes the final score. And makes the over, I guess, go over 39 and a half or 40 or whatever it was. And Al Michaels does his usual. Well, that'll that'll make some people happy or affect some people. And honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it. I didn't know the line, didn't care, didn't know the over. But when he said it, I thought, okay, here we go again. Him making reference to something maybe many people know about, but I don't. And even still, even if I do, this broadcast, I have seen 15 commercials from DraftKings. Why can't he say? Or why can't it be brought to you by DraftKings? Make a little bug on the screen. Al Michaels insights, Al Michaels betting opinion, Al Michaels whatever, brought to you by DraftKings. I mean, everybody knows what he's doing. It it was different when betting wasn't allowed and they weren't a partner with the league. Why don't they make some money off of it? Now it's just dumb not to make money off of it, right? (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you make money off the betting references now? It just just seems short-sighted. This is Steve's pitch for his... NFL chief marketing officer job. Make some money off of it. There's not anything else. You hear that, Jeff Bezos? Opportunity for you to make more money. I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't enjoy the, like, either we're not going to talk about gambling, we're not going to talk about it at all, or we're going to talk about it. Let's pick one. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's, let's get to the point and pick one. And that's kind of my spicy hot take on that. Um, anyways, the Much real more question. efficient than mine. Look at that. You were great. Thank you. Thank you. The real question that I had was what are your thoughts on the new broadcast pairings uh, with the Thursday night crew, the main crew on Fox, um, and then the new, well, really, even the new Sunday night crew and Monday night crew? Um, do you want to, let's, 
Do you want to rank them? How you want to go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and rank no, I'll, them? I'll, you can rank them. I'm going to put them all in the same boat, and I'm going to say, and I don't know whether they're sitting in the front of the boat or the back of the boat. I think they're all still getting their bearings. Yes. I still think they're all figuring it out um, from what probably should be the best crew um, on ESPN with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I thought their work Monday night was average. Um, specifically at the end of the first half, they were talking about was the Cowboys kicker. They wanted to, they wanted the Cowboys to kick a long field goal late at the end of the half. And, and that's okay. It just didn't, it seemed like a weird call to me. It seemed like, okay, maybe he's capable, but what was frustrating as a viewer and as someone who knows a little bit, the network has a statistician that, that prepares them for the game. Aikman has his own guy that com- covers the game with him. Buck has his own guy with the game with him. So between a network and five to seven other minds, nobody could give us a graphic on the last time a 50 yard plus field goal was made in giant stadium. Uh, context would have been helpful just as they're pushing it. You know, when was the last time this guy made his field, a long field goal? And they brought it on screen about two minutes later, which was late that he made his 63 yarder in nine, in, in 2019. Okay. So three seasons ago was when he kicked his long that they're, that they're urging the team for him to try to kick again. So the context was missing and those are nitpicky things, but they're the best team in the business, right? They're getting paid $16 million a piece to do this. They should be in some ways flawless um, in many ways, flawless. Yeah. That was, that was going to be my point about that crew is I think they've been the best so far because they have the natural chemistry that they've had for the last 20 years. But I, for whatever reason, I expected them to be just a little bit better on ESPN. And, and I don't know how to quite quantify that, but it's, it just seems like they are still kind of going through the motions. Like to me, Monday night football is still Monday night football. Like it's, it, yes, I know that Sunday night football gets higher ratings, but Monday night football is the marquee event of the week. For, it, it is the culmination of the week for the NFL and they're going through it like it's a 1 p.m. game, a meaningful 1 p.m. game. And maybe it's just because we haven't had that good of a game yet there on the, on the Sunday night or Monday night broadcast. Maybe that it, could also have it, something to do with it. It feels a little director and producer team kind of thing, though. So maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll reach out to friend of the show, Rich Russo from Fox Sports, who was with us once before, and, and see if he'd be willing to offer some insights or something. Um, I mean, I think the Fox guys are okay. I'm just not used to their voices, right? Like, it, yeah. I'm listening to them thinking, okay, these guys are saying the right things, but who are these guys? I'm yeah. like, oh, it's Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. You know, Olson had a couple things I thought were too fanny, leading toward Tony Romo-ish. He, like, that enthusiasm that just, I don't know, is a little too fanny for me in the first in that seat. Um, but they were fine. Um, I guess I haven't heard... Romo and Nance um, this season because the Steelers haven't merited them and I and I actually haven't missed them not to be too big of a jerk about it but I think of the top teams they're to me the, the least of the top teams um, but I think the rest of them it's early in the season they're figuring out three games in lots of changes lots of moves and it, it's interesting how even in the broadcast booth those changes in scenery do require some time to work the bugs out yeah, for me, with, with the Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson thing, number one, I'm still not used to Kevin Burkhart's voice. Also, forgot his name earlier. So there's that. Um, the Greg Olson is good. Like, I think he provides good insight. He's still 
in the like figuring out the best way to deliver that insight phase. And that's that's, that's the hardest part of the job. Like you can that's why I think one of the reasons why people are so worried about Tom Brady is Tom Brady is the smartest football mind maybe ever, or Bill Belichick, one of the smartest football minds ever. They're terrible at delivering that. Like, I think that's the big problem with them. Um, so that's kind of my take on that crew. Um, I think the, the Tariko and Collinsworth crew are good. I like Tariko Collinsworth. I don't enjoy. He's, he just kind of says boneheaded stuff a lot. Um, and to me, that just like annoys me. Um, I also really kind of feel like they rely way too heavily on the, the pro football focus thing. And, and like, they're kind of using it as a crutch to get through. And it's like, no, tell me something else. Like, tell me, you know, tell me. Right. That's one of those things yeah. since he's, he's a partner slash owns it. Like it's probably not going to change. And it just feels uncomfortable that you're not getting something better because you don't have a choice. No, I, I think that's pretty much about where I'm I'm at with it is they could have I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would have just redone that whole booth. Um I don't I don't know. I don't love the the vibe that I'm getting from the Monday or Sunday night crew as much. Like it's not as exciting. Um again, probably because there really hasn't been that good of a game yet for the Sunday night crew. So that would be my big one. Um and then going back to Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, I actually think they're great together. Like, I think they work very well together. Um, I was trying to think. I They never crossed paths in ESPN because, right, Greg, like Michaels always so. was yeah, NFL yeah. side. I, I think Herbie's, Herbie is kind of the opposite of Greg Olson. He knows, he knows the game well enough, and he knows how to articulate that well. Um, I, I it, but it took him time to figure that out, right? Yeah. And I think he had great partners, you know, with Musburger initially to, to figure that out. And I think you're probably right about them. I, I don't, that was the game, even though it was streamed and we ended up watching it. I guess we had enough prime to get it like on the laptop, maybe not big, but like small, like it was, but it was about hearing it, right? And that was the game that felt the most legitimate this past week at week of football was that one. Cause those two voices, even though not typically working together, were voices I associated with games that were important enough for me to be watching. Yeah, I think that's a that's a perfect way to put it. I think um, their their voices are very much a soundtrack to football for for me. Um, so yeah, those are our that's my spicy hot take on all the main announcer crews. Sorry, there Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Yeah, sorry. Oops. You're doing great. Keep going to the bank. You'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, moving on. This week's little guy, young guy. Steve, it's not a quiz. Don't worry. Um, and we may have we maybe have broached the topic of of golf on old guy, young guy before, but I I want to know this, Steve. How much are you willing to spend on a round of golf? Depends on where it's at. I mean, if it's, but I'm not going to spend. I'm not going to spend. I'm not playing two hundred and some dollars to play Pinehurst right? Or something like that. Like my brother went down there a couple weeks ago and a friend of a friend's, his best friend's daughter actually works in the clubhouse. So they didn't, they didn't pay to play Pinehurst, but like the greens fees were like 252 or something like that. If they would have played it, I, I can't rationalize that. I mean, if I could play Oakmont, if I could play Oakmont for that, maybe I would, but that would be the only one. I mean, I just, 
Otherwise, it's a regular round of golf is fifty some dollars with a cart. If it's halfway decent, maybe thirty five, something like that. If it's if it's the, one of the lesser courses around here, because my game doesn't matter. My game's gonna suck no matter where I play. So I shouldn't be annoyed like looking at a round of golf and it's like sixty bucks near me, and and that's like the cheap end. No, not where you are, right? Like that's probably the going rate. No, that's right? that's the cheap. That's. But I'm saying that's the going rate for the cheap end. Like that's probably off hours late in the season maybe or something like that or times that people don't want no that's like the normal i don't know i i i think i don't know that just seems expensive to me and maybe it's because i grew up playing the courses you know well, they're right like, like 25 like 25 for like nine holes and right no if like i i prefer to get on for like for, for 35 like i prefer to get on for 35 to 40 somewhere but i don't know if that's always the case sometimes you can find like promotions that get you like six courses and like a couple rounds of each course, those kind of things, right. They're within driving distance. And then that becomes more reasonable. Um, yeah. And I don't go enough. Like my brother golfs twice a week. We golfed last week in a charity outing for the United way, which was great. Um, but that was like, you know, you paid for the whole force and then it was for charity. So it was a different animal. Right. And that's, that's different. Right. Um, so are you you not going? You know, you're gonna no, not, not pull going. out the clubs. So what I was what I was really looking for was I was just looking like we don't have a drive. We have driving ranges in Frederick here, but there's like, and they're all across town, and they take like 15 minutes to get to. And I know that's like a, a far, not really a far drive, but I, I lived, I live by the Burgies back nine par three golf course in, in Altoona, yep. and right across the street there's a driving range. That was maybe five minutes from my house. I don't want to have to drive more than five minutes to go to a driving range. And there's a golf course that is like seven minutes from here. They don't have a driving range. You need a second weekend job, like a a weekend job in a clubhouse somewhere, right? Work eight hours a week, work in the clubhouse, and then maybe you can golf for free, like in the pro shop. Run the register at some pro shop somewhere, you know, and just Mm -hmm. then you can golf for free maybe. I don't know if that's worth it. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Because then you lose a week, half a work shift a week. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't golf a lot. I mean, even, even at like... The 40 and 50 bucks, it's like for me, that's just hard to rationalize. Yeah. And it and then it's the bigger thing is it's it's three and a half, four hours. Three and a half if I'm really efficient, spent away from the house and doing stuff that I could be doing with Susan or the dog or whatever, right? So that's the other thing. I don't have a lot of friends here. Don't have a lot of friends in general, but I have a lot of friends at golf. And so like if I go golf, then I get randomly paired with some other guy and then I gotta like have a conversation with this guy. And I don't want to have a conversation true. with him. No, you want to, you do want to go with somebody. Well, we'll have to figure out a time to like yeah. bring people Actually. down to you. You can bring Russ down and whatever there else. Go. So there we go. Um, all right. You keep, you've, uh, you've been keeping up with all the chess drama. Yeah. You've the what drama? The, the chess drama. There's drama and chess. Yeah. Somebody's cheating. I don't know. I got to ask my brother-in-law though. He teaches. He's, 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 oh. he's okay. a, like a ranked not world bank, but he's got like a ranking. Like he's pretty good. I'll have to check with him. Yeah, you should. Uh, it's very fascinating. Oh, I will check. He teaches some kids this weekend, so I will talk to him and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Chess drama, very cool. Oh. You can right. Google it. Um. All right. Um. Well, it was a good show. Talked about a lot today. Um. We have an email. It's stuffsummer says at gmail.com. We have Twitter handles. Uh, mine is at stuff summer says steve's is at steve samsel um please like our podcast rate our podcast five star our podcast we've been having a lot of good download weeks for the last 
and I think it's probably because football season's back, and I know like I'm listening to more podcasts, and but I, I just want to say thank you. It's a, it's it's good to see you know every week we kind of have been continually growing. Lately. We appreciate it, and if you want to hear about the chess cheat gate, oh my gosh, it's cheat. It's got a it's got a cheat gate name. Oh, you gotta let us know in the comments, it. and I can see the one headline that I'm not going to say. This is a family show. Holy cow! Oh yeah, it's you gotta read about it. See, it's wild. Wow. See ya. All right. Bye.